0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Masters of Self University Podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Lee. And
1: I'm your host, Donnie Molly.
0: And today I really wanted to discuss something that's been coming up for me a lot. And I've always felt this my entire life. <laughs> but and in every sector of my life, I've always felt like this. What it feels like to feel different from other yeah. people. And that can mean different things to different people. Today, me and Danny really want to discuss like what that means for us individually. And I can start off with, I've always felt like I wasn't like other people. And when I was a little girl, I used to just like look around at humans. And I remember this, I used to be a kid and I used to be like, how do these people know how to be here and be this thing we call like a human being? And I would just observe people and I'd be like, how is it just like come easy to them? And how do they not feel the depths of what I feel? And how are they not thinking as deeply as I'm thinking? And I'm literally a child. And it always made me feel, I want to say I what I felt like was an outcast, you know, even when I found friend groups, even in the midst of my friend group, I always knew that I was the oddball out. And so it would even happen like, I had this really core group of uh, five girlfriends. And even when we go to like stores or we hang out, I always found myself alone. And then they were always all together because it was like the things that like I was like drawn to, or like the way that I was, was always very much this like loner energy that I had about myself. And I do like spending time with myself for sure. Um, But I always struggle with that because all I've ever wanted was to fit in, was to belong, was to be like everybody else. And the blatant truth about it was that I wasn't, which made for a very difficult life for me. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. And what was difficult about it?
0: I just want to fit in. Yeah. I just wanted to be like everybody else (laughs) and I didn't want to be who I was. And so I've always just thought, well, if I'm different from everybody else, that must mean something's wrong with me. And so all I've ever done was just fake it till I made it. Yeah. Right. And it's not like, listen, I know that I'm a cool person. (laughs) I know that for, you know, pretty much it's not like everyone likes me, but like, I'm a pretty likable person. I had to learn the skill of what it means to be social, like by observing people. So I just that's all I did. So I just studied that. And then I just became that. And of course, like, innate qualities, like, I think like, I can be very funny. And all of these things, and I can be very chill. I think that's the truth of who I am. Mm -hmm. But I gathered all of those pieces to go, Oh, this is what makes a likable person. And this is what makes a person fit in. And every time I did fit in, the whole time I was like, I don't fit in, but I'm just trying (laughs) right now.
1: And what what have you done to fit in over the course of your life? Oh my God. And is that changing?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I've done everything. You know, I've, I've tried to laugh at the things that people are laughing about. Right. I've tried to talk the jargon that like girls talk and like, I've tried to wear the clothes that they all wore. I've tried to try to do everything and anything to just be, just kind of blend into the crowd. I didn't want to feel like I stood out. And when I say I stood out, I I meant, I mean that in a negative way. I felt it in a negative way of like, what is up with me and how is everyone else on the scene? It's like, I didn't get the memo. Yeah, It's like my soul didn't get the memo. That's
1: exactly how I felt my whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the, memo? what do you think the memo is?
0: I think the memo was the whole time that I wasn't supposed to fit in, Um, that I was supposed to be different. And that was the challenging part of what my soul came here to experience, to finally get to a place now where I understand, oh, I was different for a very specific reason. And it took me all of this time to understand slowly what that is. And that doesn't mean that I'm still not, healing those aspects of me that still want to belong and still want to fit in. And it, and I mean, I can go in so, like, so many different uh, directions with all of this, but w- what about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, exact same thing. Like always felt different, always not felt the same, especially with men. Definitely with like peers that are men, I always felt like I wasn't quite the same as everyone else. And I didn't quite fit in. I always felt uh, like they, they, there was like an inside thing right. that connected everyone. Yeah. And I didn't know what that was. Right. And I, I still haven't fully got to the bottom of it. Um, but it's really cool, you know. Ellie and I are obviously partners, and we have lots of conversations around this. And uh, just that we both share this exact same wound, and maybe it's a wound that everyone shares. I, who knows? I w- I would love, like, please reach out because maybe this is what goes through everyone's minds. But it definitely goes through ours. And for me, it was always just like I wasn't quite enough. Mm-hmm. I always felt. Yeah, just different. And it always comes up around like this idea of what a man is. And uh, this is something we've been talking a lot recently about what is a manly man and uh, how I don't feel like a manly man. And when I spend time with what someone might call like a manly man, I just, there's something about me and that, whatever that energy is. Mm -hmm. The physicality of it. I'm a lot thinner. I've always been trying to gain muscle and size so that I feel more like a man. And over the last year, I've just completely surrendered to that and had to let all that go after many injuries and my body feeling like it was falling apart. And um, mm. it's been it's been really challenging my whole life not feeling like a like a man and that I feel in and. Yeah. Yeah. Start there.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen you go through that whole journey and I've seen you grow a lot from that journey of really letting that part of it was like this attachment of like needing to look like a certain way. And I've seen, and I'm excited for you because when that really dies and when that really heals, like you'll it, be amazing. And as you were talking, I was like, yeah, your soul chose that for a very specific reason. Um, so seeing you coming to that realization deeper and deeper is you know, it's great.
1: And even something that I've been reflecting on recently, if it comes down to food, right? So when you're really into the gym and you want to look a certain way so that others perceive you a certain way, even down to when I would eat food, it was always, well, I have to eat X amount. I have to eat all of this food Because if I don't, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to maintain my size. Mm -hmm. If I don't maintain my size, then I'm not going to look good enough for everyone. So I've been noticing it come up a lot recently in my mind, like hearing the mental programs and having this feeling of like, I have to finish all of my food. I have to eat more, 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 because I want to grow, grow, grow. And I need to grow, 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 because I want to look a certain way so that I have I feel accepted. I feel like one of the men and the, the smaller I am, it makes me feel physically weaker. And I guess it brings up a lot of like the powerlessness that's in there. And,
0: and for me, it's like, I just want to be small, 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 because then if I'm small, then I am accepted by women and I'm attractive. Um, so I, I kind of wish I had your problem. where I could just eat everything. Um, but Well, I
1: can't. That's the thing is, um, like my body is so sensitive that if I just eat too much, it completely throws me out of balance. And then, then I'm in this battle of like, I'm trying to maintain some kind of level of health. Um, and it just, it's it's just a big mess. It doesn't, it's not like as simple as, Oh, I just can eat whatever I want. No. Oh, it's not even as simple for me as, Oh, I can eat as much as I want. No, when I eat too much, that messes me up just as much as, well, way more than not eating at all.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I wonder if you um, agree with me on this one. Let's start from the beginning of, I always felt everybody's pure, right? In, in the essence of who we are, our soul, our divinity, we, we are purity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always felt like I was more innocent than the average Joe. And, you know, they used to make fun of me a lot in church because I was the one who was always carrying around a Bible. And every time people said stuff like stupid and shut up, I'd be like, oh, my God, don't say a curse word. That's bad. God doesn't like that. And like people used to always make fun of me like, oh, there goes Ellie carrying the Bible, like being like all pure. Right. But I always felt like there was this purity about me that was deeper than um, this. Listen, the third dimension that we were born into is very dense and very low. And I just felt like what I saw in the world and what I felt in the world was so dark and heavy. It didn't match what I felt, who I was inside. Right. And so over time, I had to begin to mask that purity because it wasn't allowing me to survive. I learned really young that the only way that I was going to survive was to be like everybody else. Mm, So I was like, I just began that as soon as it hit me. And that was really, I was really little when, I, cause I was so observant, you know, cause I wasn't, it wasn't like, I was like super outgoing. I was very timid. I was very quiet. I was very shy. And so all I would do was, was watch. And I figured out young, like, okay, I gotta be like those people and not like me. And thus began like the disconnection from my true self.
1: Yeah. I had a very similar experience. And, uh, reason, one of the reasons why this is coming up as a topic is I've had a healing recently that, um, with in the your coaches forum. That went into this, where I was back as my inner child. I was around five, around that age. I went to a very small school in rural England. There was, I think, about maybe about seven or eight um, boys in my year, and there was kind of a a top dog, kind of three people, and there were there's some people that came to my mind who I have not thought of since I was in elementary school or primary school, as we call it. Um, so it was really wild as i on moving through this thing. I was like, why is this person in my head? This is insane. Um, and yeah, so as the healing opened up, I realized that they were kind of in this superior um, judgment. Um, I don't want to say bullying, but it was to some extent like pulling people down and yeah, it was definitely bullying. Uh, Just at the age of like, you know, five, six years old, so slightly different to like, teenage bullying, which I experienced as well. But um, and they, I realized early that I couldn't be the way that I was going to school, I had to change. And the more and more healing I did around this wound, it was like I could feel the equality and the pureness of that child. And when the same inferior superior right, wrong wound gets activated now, I drop in and I'm so connected to that inner child, that version of me that just feels like angelic. Like he was a this pure being, like very such a beautiful pure soul Mm. and then you and this is all of us right Mm -hmm. and then we have trauma and we have programs and wounding and as you said like what i had to learn and do to survive in primary school was i couldn't be that nice to everyone to fit in and survive i had to start kind of looking down on people and it was basically like there was a core couple people who who have the power and like more of like the bullies and then there was the other side of the boys that kind of were more pure and then had to join got tainted and like had to join in into the bullying and it's like well I, i don't want me to be the one who's being bullied so i may as well join in with the crew and pick on this kid right here and that is so sad mm-hmm. so sad that that's what we learn in school and this is where like there's no amount of like sheltering that you can do to your kids to you, they're gonna have some level of programming mm-hmm. and you know you go to school and these things happen but i didn't have the guidance back then to be like oh you're showing up not as the way of equality right now uh, you need to drop into your heart and <laughs> you know, heal and, and don't worry about feeling inferior or judged or small stand in the truth of your heart and what's right for you, Mm Danny. And that's, what's being constantly reflected to me now. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, me too. Like I, I, and I think as a woman of color for me, let me tell you like a little bit of like what my soul came here to also choose is I also have been allergic to alcohol my whole life. So that was another thing that made me feel like I wasn't a part of anything too, because alcohol obviously is something everybody globally has in common. You get drunk, you drink all these things. And that was something that my first shot when I was like in high school, I knew I was like, oh, I can't do this. And so that always alienated me further and further away from people because I couldn't do it with them. I couldn't jam with them that way. I couldn't go to the bar. Like I went to the bars, but you know, what I mean? it's not the same experience, but everybody's getting drunk and you're not. And it was like, that was just like a very external, physical part of this feel, this overall feeling that I've had that I'm not like other people. Mm-hmm. And then I've always battled with, um, You know, I'm a kid of the late 80s, and so all I've ever seen is, like, really pretty, like, pretty white women with blonde hair and blue eyes are the epitome of what is acceptable and what is gorgeous, right? Right. And so I've always compared myself to the blonde white woman, and that, too, always – alienated in me as well. And I've always been someone where I've never just hung out with people of my race. I've always hung out with like, very multicultural people and things like that. And I've always battled with my skin color and like my culture and my heritage, which always made me feel also alienated. And I remember in high school, I was in like a group of like 13 girls. And out of the 13 girls, just me and my best friend were bullied for three years in high school. And recently, one of these bullies actually reached out to me and apologized for what she did to me in high school, because it was hell. Mm. And when I was reflecting on this, I realized like, my best friend and I were so pure and I think there's something about that energy that makes other people want to bring them down. Yes. Like my little sister too is very pure. Like my sister is the way of purity and she was severely bullied growing up and I'm, um, it's because of her light. Yeah. It, like, it just like emanates, you know, and I think it triggers people's stuff and people don't want to feel the light within themselves because they're so disconnected within within themselves. So they got to bring you down to where they are. And and they let me tell you something, they did a good job in doing that, because I really went into some deep, deep, deep depression as a result of that.
1: Yeah, I think when, when we feel the light that someone else is, and we have all this inferior, superior, right wrongness going on inside of ourselves, the way we as humans project that out is oh well they're above me because they're more light therefore I need to pull them down because I feel less than them and so in the the shadow loves to them become superior and make them inferior when actually you know we're feeling inferior in that moment yeah. because of the light that they are yes yeah. yeah and that's something that I've definitely done fallen like I was bullied. I've been the bully. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, it's not cool. <laughs> it's awful. I look back now, and you know, I've done a lot of work dropping in and healing the the shame and the guilt that was around that, um, and really trying to step more into a place of equality. And I think you're so right. Like it's the light when people really feel the power and the light of somebody, and they have so much darkness inside. They feel the need to just tear that person down.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I definitely feel that could have been like what's happened to me throughout some of the parts of my life. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, don't know yet. Still working on some of that. Yeah, I would love to go into that the alcohol stuff because you you brought that up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I have my own experiences with alcohol, and um, you know, I I was a bartender for eleven years, and alcohol was my life Mm -hmm. and uh then when i was around 27 like full-on depression i couldn't really drink anymore and it was like very clear to me every time i'd have a sip of alcohol like it it just did not feel good it went from feeling really good to not good at all so why would you keep doing something that feels bad but then i had to go through what you've gone through your whole life Mm -hmm. which is all of my friends drank alcohol And I have to be the one who sits on the outside and watches everyone lose themselves and or connect. That was the big thing is like I used to use like alcohol allowed me to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is what you've really struggled from because everyone's out drinking and you're with them. And when they're drinking and they're forming these bonds about, oh, let's get we're getting so fucked up. And it is really fun. Like I did it a lot. Um, (laughs) But like, what is that like? What was that like for you growing up in a world that's socially, mentally, emotionally, physically addicted to alcohol, and you cannot
0: drink it? Uh, I fell into the victim consciousness. Like, um, it added on to the what's wrong with me. Right. So it made my programs of, I like, woe is me. Like my life sucks. Like, why did, why do I have to deal with these things? Like, why can't I just be like everybody else? And I would just swim in that and swim in that. Yeah. That's what it is. And
1: what was it like, like when you're going out in your twenties, say you're going out you're socializing, you're meeting people, you're having fun, you're at an event or whatever, someone's birthday. What was it like to be on the outside watching everyone drink?
0: It sucks. It sucks. You watch people go from zero to 100 within an hour. And- And then you're left to first you're having like eye contact conversations and it's all cool. And the next thing you know, people are gone and their, their eyes are like all over the place. And then like, you got to bring them home. And it was just never fun or enjoyable for me at all. And I always would either fall asleep at the bar, literally, (laughs) or I would go home early Mm. or I'd be the DD and designate drive everybody home. Like it was just never fun. And like, I really was hard on myself for a long time about it. And I would try to force myself to drink. And I mean, Ellie, like I could barely get through a glass of wine. Okay. Like I was like, I was out. I would just, my throat closes up. I can't breathe. And then I get this massive headache. And then within 30 minutes, like I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was just like, I just knew that it wasn't a part of my journey, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't really difficult. Because like all the inside jokes that people had and like all the remember this and remember that and remember this. And like most of the time, like either wasn't there or like I didn't experience it in the way that they experienced it, you know? So yeah, it was just really hard for me. It was I, really hard.
1: I can only imagine because when that happened to me at like 26, 27, for the next few years, it was really difficult. And it wasn't really until I found this work. It wasn't, it wasn't until I found this work and I started really healing inside that i really felt like i don't need alcohol and it came from a place of power not a place of force now the few years that are in between finding this work and and when like my depression started it was i had to force myself to not drink and then when i was in social situations it was just difficult like i really felt the pull to drink if i would drink i would feel bad and then like it would like blur my consciousness (laughs) And then I would force myself not to drink and feel like I was missing out. So I can't imagine like how difficult it must've been to grow up that way.
0: Yeah. And now here's an interesting thing though, too. So because I was such a good girl, I was so, like, you don't understand kids, guys, I was so innocent. I didn't smoke my first piece of marijuana till I was 27 years old. And then when I smoked my first joint, I was like, Oh <laughs> this is awesome. And so, for the next few years, that was my go to. When I smoked a joint, I was normal. Yeah. Like, I could fit in like a glove. Like I, I always called myself on weed, um, LE 2.0 because like I was outgoing, I could fit in anywhere. I could, I went to parties, but I would go to events and parties on my own and walk out with like a million friends and like a million contacts. Like I was just so good on marijuana. And that was like, I realized now, like that was a mask that I would wear to fit in and be normal. And then of course, when I started this work and the, I, you know, the deeper you go into your healing, the more sensitive you get period. End of story. It's never going to change. Mm. It's just what it is, and probably around seven months into doing this work, I smoked weed one day and I fainted and I kept fainting like, and I kept fainting and they rushed me to the ER and that was really my last hurrah with weed. And so now I don't even have marijuana in my life anymore, which has forced and allowed me to see like, this part of me that I was masking and this part of me that I was pretending. And like, it wasn't really the real me, you know? And now it's like, every time I go out for social situations, like I can't smoke weed anymore. So I just got to be raw and I just mm-hmm. got to be me. So it's allowed me to really see what was there that needed healing. Um, Cause I used it as such a crutch.
1: And I think as, as a highly sensitive person, you're going out, and and this is where the healing is really interesting. And the more the more that you heal, the discernment with what it is that you're experiencing, because you're going out, and not only are you feeling your maybe social anxiety, but the more that you heal, you're then f- picking up on everyone else's. Mm-hmm. And um, in the past, like for me, I mean, you're for you, it's like I'll oh, just have a puff of weed, and then you don't. You don't have to feel all of that. And for me, like, yeah, it was like, just have a drink. And all of a sudden, any of those social anxieties, one, my own, and two, the social anxiety energy that I can feel off everyone else, it's gone. It's like, you don't have to feel it because you're numbed out from the substance. Mm -hmm. And then you take the substance away and we're back to feeling different
0: again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Back to feeling like we don't fit in and you you don't fit in and you don't belong. Yeah. And then that embarks you on a new journey. Yeah. A new journey of true self discovery, which is where I'd love to take this conversation next is like leadership. So you
0: Well, before before we get to leadership, okay, I have to sure, yeah. I, you know, I have to talk about Hollywood. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Cuz I entered that industry in 2000 and 2008, I entered that industry and man, oh man, talk about me sticking out like a sore thumb. I knew the whole time, like I'm still in it a little, I still have my foot in the industry and it's been what, 16 years now, 16, I can't do math, whatever 2023 minus 2008 is, that's how long I've been in the industry. And man, I struggled like you know, and this is not to put down anyone in that business, but they are definitely not like me. Um, It's a very cutthroat, surface level, superficial um, industry. Mm. And I could feel like the whole time I was like, I am not like these people. I do not belong here. And how am I going to do this? How am I going to fit in? And all I did was fake it. Like, and I don't mean like I was a fake person. I just had to do what I had to do because I was so in love with what I was doing. I was so in love with like my career. And I I didn't, I, there was nothing that was gonna stop me from being successful in, in, in this business, period. So no matter what setting I was in with no matter who I was in, even though the whole time I felt like such like the odd one, the outlier, I had to do what I had to do to fit in. And that was brutal for me, brutal. And the other day I was telling you, I I watched this girl on TikTok that I used to work with and she's like a big name right now. And like, she's really successful and she does all this celebrity stuff and all these things. And I'm watching her life and a few years ago that would have triggered me. And when I'm watching this video of her now, it didn't trigger me at all. All I kept thinking was I would have never made it. (laughs) There's no way my soul could have ever made it My ego wanted to, but my soul was like, you are not meant for this. And I kept being like, no, shut up. I am, I am, I am. And watching her life, I was like, I had no chance. Mm -hmm. I, I had to bow out when I had to bow out. And even when I do dip my toes in, like, I'm, I I'm like I'm a, in a way powerful place now like even if I was ever thrust into that world again like I would know exactly who I am and like where I stand and I I would see through everything but when you can't see through everything and you are a pick me and you are just wanting to make it you will do anything and everything and I sucked up to everybody and I really lost myself That's in sad, that world isn't it? it's really sad it's really sad <laughs> talking about it but I had to experience it to get to this place mm. yeah yeah
1: yeah it's it's this is a rough industry.
0: Yeah. Really rough.
1: Rough industry. Yeah. And you know, you still got a couple of toes in the that, I do that that pond.
0: Yeah. And and that that's a beautiful gift for me to come back to my center when I'm in that world. Mm. And to see through um a lot of things that I couldn't see through before. And, you know, the more you awaken, the more you see through. The veil is lifted. And so it's just every time my my toes are in, there's just an opportunity for me to like heal more, to stand in my power more, to come back to my center, come back to my heart. Um, But man, I I did a lot of years in that of not being connected to myself and not knowing who I was. Um,
1: Because there's a fine balance there of like, as soon as you experience hardship, going into separation and saying, I'm leaving the industry. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And then hide, like, you've not healed anything. Right. Like, the stuff that was in there that was getting triggered, it's still in you. Yeah. Like, it's going to manifest, be created in your life in another way until you work through it. Mm -hmm. So, do you want to just stay in the thing that you're at and work through some more? and then leave from a place of power mm-hmm. and that's a that's a line that we almost find within ourselves there's no cookie cutter answer that our ego or our mind really wants to like be like oh well this is what you do but it's like what you're doing now is amazing because it's still giving you a chance to feel what you yeah. felt and heal all of the wounds that are there yeah um and and when the time is to leave if there ever is a yeah. time who knows yeah Um, but that's really cool.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think you and I can also speak about when I entered the world of spirituality. Oh my God. You know, I, I thought for the first time in my life, I found people like me Mm -hmm. back in 2019. I was like, Oh my, here it is. This is the group that I've been searching for. This is it. This is it. And the more I stepped into the world of spirituality, the more, um, what's the word? Like the more disappointed i felt because i realized
1: all of the illusion i and...
0: wasn't like them either yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely same ellie and i are actually uh, the next podcast we're going to record is going to be going into deeper of all of this yeah. um this will be a that will be a great sequel to f- this particular podcast um going into what it's like to be in the spiritual world and feeling different from everyone there
0: I was like, um, I was like no <laughs>
1: yeah it's like we're constantly we're constantly going around trying to find people like people that were similar to and really that's just like us looking outside of ourselves for an answer that can only be found within yeah and it's only till we do the deep really deep inner work and start to transform internally that we stop looking for that validation that we're not different outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's that work, that's what gives us the freedom. And for me, like, uh, I'd love to bring this back to fitting in a little bit about the way that I used to show up around other men, I would see the way that they would behave. And I would think that in order to be accepted, I had to sleep with a lot of women. Be ridiculously drunk, be so extroverted and so fun. I always thought I had to be like the life of the party because that's what everyone wanted me to be. And the truth of the matter is, a lot of that is all just masks. Mm-hmm. And I, I've now I've spoken before on this podcast. I've behaved in some very unloving and harmful ways, especially to women in my past, and it was all as an attempt to just be accepted by other men to puff out my chest, and be like, yeah, I'm one of the boys. Right. Cause this is what men do. Right. Men talk dirty and like degrade women and objectify them and lust over them. And the more and more healing that I do, I realize that's all coming from woundedness yeah. and that's not really who I am. That was a mask that I had to learn to wear, to fit in, And I don't want to choose to be that person. I want to choose to be a person of honoring, of equality, of humility. That's what I want to be. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a man that just conforms to what other men are and engages in all of the, oh wow, she's so hot, like, you know all of that kind of antics Yeah, I want to elevate beyond and out of that. And maybe that's the entire reason why I felt different my whole life. It's because, and that was never supposed to fit in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's definitely a, it's been a hard experience, but to get to this place, there's so much freedom in it to understand why we are different. And I think, you know, it was the moment that I stopped looking for my tribe, right. And stop looking for my community because I needed people to lean on. And that doesn't mean that community isn't beautiful and it is important, but the way that I was searching for it was just for me to fit in and feel connected to anything. Yeah. And the moment I stopped looking for all of that is the moment my soul family came in. And now I know like I was always meant to be different because my soul came here to choose that. and. I am the way of honoring of that, even though it's been so hard, I can look back and go, all right, if it got me to here, then it got me to here. And now I'm learning to embrace the fact that I am different and I don't need to change. Like think about it. All we're all doing is like changing to like meet other um, unhealed people's like expectations, you know, it's like so wild. It's like, that's what we're doing, you know? And it's, there's so much power in being different. And I don't mean like we're different and then you come from wounding. I mean, I feel different and I embrace that. And I love that. And if you feel different too, amazing. Like, let's just ride this journey together. Um, there's so much power in that. And I, there's so much gratitude that comes out of me as I speak about that because It's been very lonely and it's been very confusing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The lonely, I wanted to go into that because you mentioned it at the beginning, beginning, loner energy and that's exactly it. And for me, it's been like, I thought I was an extrovert. I really did. I really thought I was extroverted. I thought I got energy from around people and I still think that that's the case. For me, it's like a bit of a sliding scale. Uh, Sometimes I am more extroverted. But what I realized the more that I heal is I'm extremely introverted. But when I was younger, I had so much wounding around being alone that I hated it. And so I just wanted to be around people. So I didn't have to feel the pain of being alone. I didn't have to feel the sadness of not being accepted. And so the more work that I'm doing on myself and finding more parts of me, the less i fear being alone and now like being alone is what i crave it's what i seek and it recharges me Mm -hmm. and i've seen the more that i do this work my relationships with everyone but especially other men are changing because now when i'm spending time with friends Mm -hmm. instead of me feeling insecure about not being accepted I'm able to see where I'm at and where I am different and that's, and accepting that. And that's okay. Which allows me to connect on a much deeper, like, or it allows me to connect for a start (laughs) where instead of being lost in my mind and and running programs of worry, it actually allows me to to appreciate each connection for what it is and Mm -hmm. the depth that it's at. And that's okay. I think one of the things that I've struggled with is most men don't want to feel their emotions Mm -hmm. And all I want to do is feel and talk about deep emotions. And so that's been extremely challenging for me over my life, over my life. Like, and I've gravitated towards men who do want to kind of talk about their feelings. Um
0: and you do, you know, what I've seen you grow, and and this is something that I'm still working on for myself, is like you're really at this place now where it's like what you see is what you get. Yep. This is me. I don't need to act like a manly man. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm still like, you know, but
0: I'm saying like, you don't change yourself when you're around your guy friends to like, act like what they want you to act like, or what they expect you to be like, you really go in into every scenario with whoever it is right? And mostly, you know, when we, ha- we hang out with a lot of people who are not on the path, Yeah, you are just yourself. You talk about depth, you talk about I your try. emotions, talk about your healings. And there's a part of me that I told you like tries not to have you do that because I'm like, oh my God, what I've, if they judge him? And I like, brought
1: it up the other day with some friends who were not on the path. I was like, how was your day? I was like, oh, I had a huge year. And literally you went.
0: Yeah. I, I was like, oh my God, don't talk about that. And that's still my stuff of like, trying not to uh, a lot of insecurity and like caring about what people think you know something that I'm actively working on it all right throw me a bone all right but it's beautiful for me to be in those moments to watch you in all of your light and watch me like cower and be like all right Ellie that that's what you need to heal and stand in and like if they judge him who cares that's their problem not his or mine
1: yeah I think that's a lot of it is that like fear of being judged like fear of being judged or fear of being seen for who, who we actually are right and i was like i've connected to a lot of the wounds in this past six months it's been a lot of this like stuff that's came up this year this has been a, a recent thing for me definitely within this last year of like connecting to the parts of me that i don't i really like the deeper parts of me that i don't don't want to be seen mm-hmm. i don't want to look at when we heal those, that creates the freedom and then you can connect from a very, very different place. And where I'm really at with all my friendships now, which is great, is I'm in a place of, like, no, no force. All the connections I have are what they are and I don't need them to be any more or less because I'm 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 more happy on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm more happy being a loner. Um, like, we moved to San Diego. I haven't gone out and tried to make friends. I'm just... In my own world around the thing and eventually i know that the friends will come yeah they will come when i ever read like they will come at the different places i've obviously i've still got friends um like ar- around but yeah. haven't gone out like actively seeking because mm-hmm. i don't feel like i need to and i did in the past i really really did i really felt like i had to drink and go to the bars like i remember when i f- First came back to Colorado after my like amazing travels in Asia, but that was when like all my depression started. And it was Friday night, and I chose for the first time I wasn't working, and I chose not to go to the bar. And it was the first time on like having a night off, being on my own, that I'd chosen to not go out and go drinking. And one of the reasons was I was in so much like internal suffering, like, I I would go out to these bars, and I would be like, how are we talking about so surface level things? How are we talking about all of this, when all I'm feeling is, I just want to talk about like, the depths of life, the (laughs) the misery that I'm feeling inside. And like, obviously, not many people at that time could in my life could show up for what it was that I was experiencing.
0: Yeah.
1: And Now that I've really found a lot of those parts within me, I found I don't, I think there was this part of me that needed my friends to see me in that way, Mm -hmm. needed needed to have friends to talk about this kind of stuff with. And now that I've worked through a lot of it, my friendships are what they are. And there's no expectation or need for them to see my emotion, to see me.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a necessary step that most of us have to go through of like the seeing me, the need me. And if you don't, you're out, Right. you know, and then getting to a place of like, why do you need these people to meet you where you're at? And if you do go
1: through that phase, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I went through it. I cut a lot of
0: people out. And then I had to go back and be like, Hey, sorry about that. I thought that I needed everybody to be on the level that I was. And in fact, like, I love you and where you are is beautiful. And I don't need you to be anything less or more. Um, yeah, it's just the 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 levels of this this whole journey is just fascinating. And so, you know, to anybody out there who has always felt like they were different, um, I think my you know kind of advice for you is to nurture and love the fact that you are different and love what comes up when you feel into being different. So if there's loneliness, if there's hatred for self, if there, if there's judgment, if there's shame, whatever it may be, that's what needs your love. And in, in loving and embracing all of that, that you are in the programs that run that keep you in victim consciousness or all of these things, um, the more you heal and love that, watch what happens.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, if you are feeling that way, there's a strong likelihood that you are supposed to be a leader,
0: mm. a
1: leader into this new earth um, someone that does really value their emotions, their feelings, the depth of their experience. And the more that we go in and do the deep work, we can allow those leadership skills to come from a real authentic place, the which is the connection to your soul, like yeah. the real you. Yeah. So There obviously is a, there's a period that we have to go through of going into the victim consciousness, going into the pain, going into all of that. But take my word for it, what will emerge is leadership. Because you're being called to go inward and figure out why do I not feel like I fit in? Well, maybe I was never supposed to maybe I'm supposed to step up into a higher place of power and and be a guide for other people that are ready to walk this path to yeah so if you're interested in working and finding out more about all these programs that ellie and i speak of you mm-hmm. can sign up do a free consultation we'll talk with you about what that might look like mm-hmm. um, and if you've enjoyed this podcast please share it it really helps us if you can like it if you it's on any form of social media, the more that we get um, in terms of like followership or sharing, it really helps us put out this content for free. So thank you all for listening.
0: Yeah. Until next time, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.